1: culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: We do like to take a few moments on a Wednesday to reflect on those things that are happening in the Middle East, and more specifically, the nation of Israel, given that Israel is still the chosen people of God. And what is happening there is important for us understanding our place in the world. Well, Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines once again, and back with us. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Ron, let's start with uh, perhaps the story around Iran firing ballistic missiles at what they called secret Israeli bases in Iraq and warning of an even harsher response. What is the story here?
1: A dozen missiles were fired on Sunday at the US consulate in Erbil, Iraqi security officials said. Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC, has now claimed responsibility for that attack which it said targeted secret Israeli bases in the northern Iraqi city. The IRGC said the attack was over recent crimes of the fake Zionist regime and warned of a harsher response in the future. Any repetition of attacks by Israel will be met with a harsh, decisive and destructive response, the statement said. Israel killed two Iranian members of the Revolutionary Guards earlier last week in Syria. Hezbollah-affiliated al-Mayadeen news outlet cited Iranian sources as saying Sunday strike targeted Mossad headquarters in Erbil. The report also alleged that four Israeli agents were killed and seven more were wounded in the attack. A U.S. defense official said there was no damage and no casualties at the U.S. consulate, contradicting statements by Iraqi officials who said the new consulate building sustained several missile hits. The US condemned what it called an outrageous attack against Iraqi sovereignty and a display of violence. The attack comes as negotiations in Vienna to revive the 2015 nuclear deal reach an impasse.
0: Ron, everyone's hoping for some sort of resolution in the Russian invasion of Ukraine and Russians reportedly saying they're open to Ukraine negotiations in Jerusalem. Uh, But Israel not sure it should host talks between Russia and Ukraine.
1: Yeah, Russia has been open to holding negotiations with Ukraine in Jerusalem, a senior diplomatic source said, soon after Prime Minister Bennett and Ukrainian President Zelensky spoke on the phone. Zelensky said earlier, at present it's not constructive to hold meetings in Russia, Ukraine or Belarus. These are not the places where we can agree to stop the war. Do I consider Israel, Jerusalem in particular, to be such a place? I think the answer is yes. Russia has not rejected the idea of negotiations in Jerusalem, the diplomatic source said. But Israel's not sure it should host the talks. The Israelis said we have to see if we can really be helpful, if there can be a breakthrough before we do anything.
0: Ron, we know that one of the biggest, or it is the biggest, settlement of Jews outside of Israel has been in Ukraine and right in the middle of the invasion. And Ukraine's only woman rabbi is among the many Jews who are fleeing from the Russian invasion.
1: Yeah, on her first Shabbat away from the fighting in Ukraine, Rabbi Julia Griss twice led services to welcome the Shabbat, the Jewish holiday. A week earlier, Ukraine's only woman rabbi had been fleeing the war that scattered her Odessa congregation from Moldova to Romania and Israel. Some stayed behind, braving the Russian shelling. She first led an online service for those congregants scattered abroad. Then she officiated in person for a small group in Poland that were taken in by a Christian couple near Warsaw gris lit Sabbath candles that she had carried from the Ukraine, while her 19-year-old daughter Isolda played the guitar and sang, just as she had during services back home in her reform community at Shirat Hayam. The mother and daughter are part of the exodus from Ukraine that has become the fastest-growing humanitarian crisis in Europe since World War II, with some 200,000 Jews in Ukraine one of the world's largest Jewish communities, it's inevitable that many Jewish people are also among those fleeing. International Jewish organizations have mobilized to help, working with local Jewish communities in Poland, Romania, Moldova and elsewhere to organize food, shelter, medical care and other assistance.
0: Back to Israel and a story around the US approving $4.8 billion in Israel military aid. What are the headlines saying?
1: Yeah, this legislation sets aside $1 billion U.S. billion for Israel's Iron Dome missile defence system, which is used to intercept missiles and other projectiles launched by Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Last May, Hamas and other Palestinian terror groups launched 4,300 rockets at Israel in 11 days. The Iron Dome intercepted 90% of those missiles aimed at civilian population. For months, the Iron Dome funding was delayed in Congress. Despite facing opposition from several progressives, House Democrats overwhelmingly passed a standalone $1 billion bill in September to replenish the Iron Dome. Israel Defense Minister Benny Gantz thanked the U.S. leaders for approving the dome funding and said it showed the unique bond between the U.S. and Israel. The multi-page omnibus package also includes 3.8 billion in additional mi- uh, military assistance to Israel and security funding for Jewish nonprofit organizations, which was requested due to a recent rise in anti-Semitism. <laughs>
0: Well, the history is so rich in the Middle East, and now a story around Turkey returning Israel's most important ancient inscription that dates right back to the days of Hezekiah. What's the story here, Ron?
1: Yeah, Turkey's agreed to return to Israel its most important ancient Hebrew inscription as a result of recent warming of ties between the two countries. Israel has wanted the Siloam inscription back for years as it proves a biblical account of the building of a water tunnel in Jerusalem in King Hezekiah's time 2,700 years ago. As described in both the book of Kings and Chronicles, afraid of a siege on the city of David by the Assyrians, the king ordered that a tunnel be dug from the pool of Siloam outside the city walls and in order to bring a water source into the capital. Written in Paleo Hebrew on the wall of approximately the midpoint of the tunnel, the inscription describes how the excavators, working from both ends simultaneously, heard each other's voices and cut through the last bit of rock between them so that the water could flow into Jerusalem. The myriads of visitors who have walked through the tunnel at the city of David, just south of the old city near the western wall, have only seen a copy of the inscription set in its original place. The real stone has been displayed for years in the Istanbul Archaeological uh, Museum as part of a collection of relics discovered during the 400-year reign of the Ottoman Empire over much of the Middle East, including what is now known as the modern State of Israel. Officials from both sides worked out the details of the transfer during President Isaac Herzog's historic state visit to Ankara last week, the first time an Israeli leader had come to an official visit in Turkey since 2008.
0: And, Ron, let's top off with uh, one of those celebrations. Uh, Of course, there are a lot of festivals that are celebrated in Israel, biblical festivals, and Jews are about to celebrate Purim. Now, this this year it's very, very relevant.
1: Yeah, and it always brings... The smile to my face as I remember my first Purim in Jerusalem and all the weird people getting around. But the reason for the uh, uh, serious attitude to it this year is very clear. The Russian-Ukrainian war reminds us of the pure message to fight tyrants. Amid Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the global spike in anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism, it's like making the regularly scheduled prayer for rain during a drought, they said. But Purim's call to fight tyrants suddenly feels very, very relevant. Purim recounts how Haman convinced the drunken king Ahasuerus to kill the Jews in the Persian kingdom in the 5th century BCE. Mordecai, whose refusal to bow down to any human, enraged Haman, encourages his niece Queen Esther to come out as a Jew and foil the plot. The resulting celebration reaffirms that good eventually triumphs. But Purim is not a G rated Disney movie. A sob- it's a sober Jewish holiday. The chaotic revelry reflects Purim's complexity. Costume parades and rowdy drunkenness generate clouds of confusion and moral ambiguity. The Hebrew phrase ado yada, meaning until you can distinguish, encourages drinking so much that the villainous Haman blurs with the heroic Mordecai and Esther, while innocent children masquerade as all sorts of things. Such hygiene teach one a depressing lesson, one confounding lesson, and one inspiring lesson. Alas, evil persists generation after generation and must be fought aggressively. Evil can be active like Haman's, or passive like Ahasuerus, Whose weakness facilitates Haman's malevolence. The author of this report, Gil Troy from the Jerusalem Post, said we should thank Vladimir Putin and Haman for teaching that words matter, that we must pay attention when sharks like Putin threaten Ukraine or Americans and Europeans. Please note when genocidal Iranian mullahs threaten Israel and America, it's Haman. In disguise.
0: Well, I did not know it was that uh, significant on the streets in Israel. Uh, As I understand it, in Purim, uh, there's a public reading of the book of Esther because it's all around that uh, story of Esther and uh, the costumes and the mask wearing uh, designed to show that God remained masked. Uh, through the story of Esther. Uh, That's sort of a deeper type of spirituality you could bring to the celebration, Ron.
1: Absolutely. I remember my first time driving around in the car and coming face-to-face with all sorts of hijinks, but I couldn't believe the different colour hair people had dyed. And they were dancing in the streets, and it was quite amazing, but they were really reckless and displaying Uh, that they had every confidence in God coming through for Israel.
0: I'm sure they were asking where you got your hair colour from, Ron. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Hey, Ron Ross, always appreciate your great insights. Thanks for scouring those headlines. Uh, The Lord's blessing on you. Thanks for being with us on 2020. Thank you, Neil.